Abme Onyavin, I'm the founder and CEO of Cointelligence and the Cointelligence Academy. Um, at Cointelligence, we um, specialize uh, at um, uh, research and education. We analyzed more than 400 different blockchain and crypto companies uh, until today. Uh, some of them were published on Cointelligence.com as a part of our rating system. Um, and uh, some of them we researched uh, for other uh, um, um, uh, reasons. Um, and uh, last year we decided to focus our efforts um, on uh, Cointelligence Academy, which is an online education platform. And we offer um, free sessions and paid sessions, um, um, both. And um, we um, are um, very much into educating people in a good, legit, and impartial way. When I say impartial, obviously, as much as human beings can be impartial. Um, uh, but just to uh, explain what I mean, uh, when we started uh, um, uh, building a Cointelligence Academy, we've noticed that many of the educators in our industry are educating in a way to, um, in order to shield their projects, either uh, to shield their exchange or to shield their uh, ICO, STO, IO, or any other type of uh, project. And we thought to ourselves that uh, the industry really needs uh, an impartial uh, education uh, resource. And sorry, sorry to interrupt you. When you say, you know, that you've analyzed um, a number of companies, <clears throat> why, like, how do you analyze them? What is the purpose behind it? Are you trying to learn the business model? Are you trying to understand for educational purposes to provide example to your students as to how blockchain technology can be used? Is that why you're analyzing them or are you providing any form of scoring or how does it work exactly? Okay, great question. So first of all, um, our rating system was developed before uh, the education uh, platform was developed. Um, so we didn't do the rating for the academy. Uh, we did it before that. We started doing ICO rating uh, during the ICO craze. Mm -hmm. After that, uh, we decided after about uh, six months um, when we figured out that um, ICOs are gone for now, I have to say, I know that many people are saying that ICOs are gone forever, but I say that they're gone only for a few years uh, and they will come back in my opinion. And um, then we decided to focus on crypto exchanges and then we uh, started rating the crypto exchanges um, and we still update the rating for the exchanges, but we stopped rating uh, projects uh, before um, uh, the beginning of 2019. Um, and the only uh, um, analysis, uh, the only review that we do for projects these days is when we are being approached and we are being commissioned uh, to, um, uh, to do an audit uh, for a project. Um, but the audit that we're doing is not a part of our rating system because we are very, very much against paid rating. I understand. One of the biggest <clears throat> problems that we've seen 
when we started planning our rating system, we noticed that most of the rating websites during the ICO craze were actually paid for rating. And uh, actually, I call it were bribed, not paid, because you get a payment, you give a higher higher score. Yeah. You, in some cases, um, um, in some cases, there are websites that actually um, blackmailed projects and approached uh-huh. projects and told them, if you're not paying me one Bitcoin now, I'm going to lower your score from, uh, let's say, four out of five to two out of five. Is or this still from happening? nine out of ten to four out of ten, and 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 by the way, we have evidence for a few cases that we actually researched and 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 victims approached us and and asked us to investigate. Uh, by the way, one thing that I didn't mention is that we're also calling out scammers and bad actors. We are the only company in the industry that is doing it on a regular basis and doing it as a formal. A, a business agenda, which is not a business agenda because calling out scammers and bad actors do not really uh, generate revenues, but it is a part of our uh, commitment uh, to the community routine. Yeah. Um, let, let me ask you one thing. How does it play for you? Because I imagine that it's hard. Calling things as they are can play against you a lot of time. So how does that affect very, you? It's very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And I, I, can actually give you, I can actually give you an example uh, of, a, of a recent story that uh, we've had with one of the uh, scammers that we called out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, and before that, I'll just uh, finish my uh, answer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, and with regards to your question about the education and the research, so... Um, I'll just finish off by saying that if we are paid, we are willing to do research and we are willing to do reviews, but it's in cases where, for example, an investor approaches us and is asking us about a specific project and, and, and he or she would like to make sure that they're not being scammed or uh, he or she would like to make sure that the token economics is really legit or the business experience or the blockchain or crypto experience of the team is really good enough in order to run and manage a, a crypto or a blockchain startup. Um, and the last part of my answer is that obviously we use our research knowledge and our re- research experience in, a, a, sorry, at Cointelligence Academy. And that makes our academy very unique because we come from research. Yeah. And we don't just educate uh, with uh, uh, theories and uh, and maybes we actually educate according to our personal uh, knowledge and experience as well and the market because yes, you understand course. the market and, yeah and, it's very and the market which 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 we are very active in the market yeah, in a market daily trends, uh, on a daily basis that's really valuable absolutely now you asked me about the scammers yes yeah. of course it can be very difficult and it's not uh, rewarding as much as uh, the amount of time and effort that it takes. Um, during the ICO craze, we've been getting uh, a death threat approximately every few weeks. And we've been getting a legal threat uh, approximately two to three times a week. Now, the thing is that I am also a lawyer. So threatening me with legal actions when there's no base for a legal uh, proceeding uh, is uh, something that uh, always made me laugh because I've been getting these 
threats. And because I'm a lawyer, I knew immediately that they have no, uh, uh, no, no, no real claim. And on top of that, we never publish anything uh, unless we have uh, evidence, clear yeah. <clears throat> evidence. And in case we will need to go to court, we will be able to present it. Yes, yeah, so it's we not defamation. We don't always present the evidence on Cointelligence website because uh, the victims uh, um, are asking us never to disclose uh, uh, any details about them, but we do have the evidence uh, saved up in a specific uh, place that is very, very unlikely to be hackable. I'm not going to say it's unhackable because there's no such thing, but let's say that it's on the highest top a cybersecurity level and in case we will need to show this evidence we will be able to show it and what are you doing with respect to the other threat not the legal one but the death threat how, <laughs> how have you the first time no because i'm thinking about it and i'm trying to put myself in your position the first time you receive something like that which i guess it's not very common at all what happened there what was the thought process did you think of stopping doing that how do you react to it so most of these threats are empty threats, and that's why I'm not too worried about them. Uh, for example, uh, there was a case uh, where I actually considered if I would like to proceed and publish the story because I was told that the people behind this uh, specific uh, project uh, uh, are a part of the uh, mafia. Organized so crime, I did yeah. consider <clears throat> very heavily if I want to go ahead and do it. The thing is that in most cases when you are, first of all, most most threats are empty threats. Mm -hmm. After that, in many other cases, the threats are not relevant if you are a, a, a law-abiding citizen, which means that if you live in a Western country that has serious enforcement and it's not a developing country, or it's not a country that has uh, um, very uh, uh, problematic enforcement like uh, problematic police and, uh, and, and it's very easy to bribe the uh, police officers yeah. and so on, then these threats can be uh, uh, more alarming. But if you live in a place like I live, which is the United Kingdom, London, UK, then it's not so uh, easy to engage in a criminal activity. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I'm saying it's not that easy as yeah. if it would be if I would live in, a, in another territory. And the last part of my answer is that my motto in life is that you cannot act according to fear. If you act according to fear, you will not do many things in life. And my motto has always been, if I believe in something that I'm doing, if I really think that what I'm doing is uh, um, important enough, and I actually think that what we're doing is so important, because not only it's a, a part of education, not only it uh, allows people to uh, learn and educate themselves uh, how to avoid these horrible scams, um, we also, I, I believe, and, and other people are saying it as well, that we also help a lot with mass adoption because as long as we will let the scammers yeah. roam free <clears throat> and control our amazing industry and communities, 
um, we will never see mass adoption. Yeah, because and that's why we think that people will not so trust. Important. Yeah. Yes, so actually, exactly. with respect to this to this question, I have two. Uh, with respect to this topic that we're we've just been tackling now, I have two questions. One is, um, how much do you think regulation contributes toward mass adoption, and uh, you know, toward building trust in customers and uh, that in itself, you know, um, promoting mass adoption. And on the other end, why do you educate? What is your end goal? Do you educate? Um, also, who are you educating? Because are you educating people which are already, you know, that already that are already stakeholders somehow within the financial industry, but are not yet stakeholder within the fintech, uh, you know, sphere? Or are you trying to educate, you know, I don't know, thirty to sixty years old at home that have internet connection, never heard of it before, and so they, you know, they might actually benefit from learning about it. Um, and if that's the case, how are you reaching these demographics which are not as versed with technology? Because I guess that most people that are versed in technology and are involved in the fintech industry, they they probably are not that hard to to reach. You know, they would probably know about you. Especially, I know that you are very involved also online. I've seen you, uh, you know, interacting a lot, especially on LinkedIn, and I'm sure you're doing it also on other venues. But how do you reach those demographics that are most in need of education? So how do you how do you get them? Okay, great question. Um, and with regards to regulation, before I answer, I will tell you that there is a, a huge amount of people that are um, um, doing a lot for uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency. And when I say doing a lot, it means that, the, that there are people that are lobbying uh, in the different governments, um, uh, for example, I'm very familiar with uh, a lot of lobbying that is being done in the US and in the UK. Obviously, the lobbying in the UK is not exactly the same as the lobbying in the US, but I'm calling it <laughs> lobbying uh, as, as, if, as if it's the same thing. And um, beside that, um, uh, beside the fact that the, uh, there are people that are acting in favor uh, of the crypto and blockchain regulation, beside that, we also um, have um we, we sorry we all we've also seen that some of the regulators are really really trying for mm -hmm. example in the us we have an sec commissioner uh, uh, that we like to call her crypto mom because she's very friendly with crypto so and by the way she's the one that announced uh, about a month ago or two months ago uh, that she is really working hard towards ICO regulation, which means that the SEC will not do anything to any ICO raising funds for at least a period of three years' time before they actually review the project and make a decision if it's a security or a utility, for example. Um, so there, And there's other examples. Having said that, the regulators are not doing nearly enough. They are so slow and it's not going to work. It's always been the problem with regulation and technology, with technology and law. It's always mm. been a problem. <clears throat> But with blockchain and cryptocurrency, the problem has boosted itself 100 times more because with blockchain and crypto, Things are happening every, not every day, every second. 
Every morning I wake up, I need to read at least 30, to one, 30 minutes to one hour just to get updated on what happened during the time that I was asleep. And how much so, time do you uh, waste reading a lot of, you know, <laughs> apologies yes, for the term yes. to the listener, but a lot of crap. There is so much bad content out there. So absolutely. And just to just to analyze the content and to and to understand what's real and what's fake, what's uh, bullshit and what's uh, significant, it takes a lot a lot of time. So um, because it's happening too uh, too fast, I don't think that the regulate regulators are even able to handle it at the moment at the moment and they will not be able to handle it and beside that in general i think that the regulations are acting uh, uh, especially in the favor of the billionaires the millionaires and the wealthy they are not acting uh, in favor of the people that actually need uh, uh, their let's call it protection or defense, and I'll explain what I mean. In London, for example, in the entire UK, but in London, for example, almost every high street has a, a gambling shop. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about a casino, poker, blackjack, machines, and so on and so on. If the governments are uh, talking about protecting the innocent, protecting the, the poor people, protecting the people that actually need the protection, how come they are allowing them to gamble in every corner of London while they will not allow them to participate in investments? So to go and play a blackjack or the roulette is fine, but to invest $500 in an investment that is only open to accredited investor seems all right to you? I don't think that's a very very good point. That's a very good point. I never thought about it like that. I I don't think that's okay. Uh, And and with regards to other countries, like let's take the US or Europe, with regards to these territories, especially the ones that don't allow gambling in the high streets, I can give you so many examples of how the entire banking system and the regulation are working together while hurting the small guy, I will call it, every single day. I guess that, you know, and in part, it's actually interesting that you are involved I mean, that your main proposition, you know, together with um, the research side of it is also education, because, you know, I'm not prepared in this topic, but here on two feet, I would say that, you know, why is gambling allowed in every corner in London? Because it's part of, and like uh, very much as um, in the case of Italy, it's because in my view, it's part of the culture and the heritage of the country. So in my opinion, although I, I... what you say makes perfect sense. The problem is not really, I don't think it's um, fair to only, you know, um, accuse the regulator because I think that part of it is also, you know, culture, a cultural problem. And how do you address a cultural problem? You address it by way of education. Because, you know, how do you make sure or at least try to make sure that less people gamble money that they do not have? I think it's through education. So, at the same time, you know, I think that maybe if crypto will be allowed, if people will be allowed to invest, that also should come as a request from people 
Because right now, if you go to the, uh, I would argue that if you go to the uh, layman in the UK, you know, you're walking the street of London, you stop the first person, you ask, would you rather gamble or invest in a fund? <laughs> they would tell you, uh, probably they will tell you, I'd like to gamble, you know? And if I take away as a regulator your opportunity to gamble, the I think the consequences of that might be a riot, you know, in some cases, especially maybe I would say in Italy. But um it's so embedded within the culture. But I think if you start promoting a culture of, you know, financial understanding, which is something that I don't think currently is happening, you know, when I left high school and even when I left university and even now to an extent, my my understanding of the financial, of the, of the financial market, it's quite limited, you know, like it is a complex market, but you never study it at high school. I mean, at least not generally. I don't think you do. I don't think you under, you learn the banking system. I don't think you understand that money, cash money is an instrument of debt rather than an instrument of credit. The first time I read about it, I was like, well, what is this guy on about? And then actually you read it and it makes sense. It's a, it's a debt. It's a bearer instrument of debt that moves, you know, and that at the time you could claim against the bank and nowadays you can't claim against anyone. So... It's very interesting to me that you mentioned this because I think education is of prime importance. So I'd like to move on to the second point of that question that I made you. Wait, know, wait, wait. I'm really sorry for interrupting, but, but I have to uh, to respond and tell yeah. you that I completely agree with you that uh, gambling might be uh, um, a, a part of culture. Yes. That's completely fine. I am not against it personally, by the way. Um, I was never involved in the gaming uh, industry. Um, um, but 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 I don't have anything against it, uh, with one exception. I do think that there should be limits. I do think that people, and it's very it's a very well known fact that it's addictive, and when you're becoming addicted, uh, it's a huge problem. Now putting that aside, I I don't care if it's a part of the culture. I'm just saying that it's a, a being a hypocrite to tell people. To gamble is okay, but to invest is not okay. When with gambling, they have a, a much, much, much a higher a, a chance and risk of losing the money. Um, and, and by the way, in my opinion, all investments are gambling, yeah. uh, especially crypto investments at the moment. Um, but but it still doesn't justify uh, the, the the fact that it's it's uh, that's the case now. On, on top of that, I do have to tell you, forget about gambling. Let's take other territories as examples. And you can see that it's, it's, it's ridiculous that in the U.S., every person beyond a specific age is allowed to carry a gun, <laughs> a firearm. But when you tell people they cannot invest $500 in a security Come on, give me a break. But see, that culture and, again. And now you're going to say it's a part of the culture. And yeah. I completely agree with you. The gun, the, the firepower is completely a part of the U.S. culture. But who cares? <laughs> Damn. How can you justify, US, US citizens how do. Can you justify <laughs> kids walking around with guns, but adults cannot pay, uh, invest $500? I'm not, I'm not justifying. I'm just saying I think the problem stems from a cultural matrix. And I think education is the prime answer to that, to these. Yeah, like, but you are the devil advocate now, and you are uh, yeah. talking on behalf of the regulators. So I'm, I'm, I'm responding I need to, play to devil's you. Advocate. Anyways, if I agree to everything you say, there would be no episode. <laughs> absolutely, I, I, I completely get it. And and now moving on to the second part uh, uh, of your question, 
actually i'm not sure it's the second part because it's still no sorry it's still it's still the first part the regulators so let me tell you one more thing we at cointelligence approached regulators mm -hmm. again and again and again with regards to scams with regards to scams that stole between tens of millions to hundreds of millions of US dollars or euros or pounds, doesn't matter right now what's the currency. And so far, none of the regulators acted when we approached them. And I'm talking about the SEC in the US. I'm talking about the FCA in the UK. I'm talking about other regulators in other uh, territories. Uh, for example, FEMA in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. um, and, and every time we approached them, they didn't do anything about the scams and people continue and the scammers continue to steal uh, money. I'll give you one example. My partner, Hosama Zawi, approached both the SEC and FEMA about a, a scammy ICO when they stole a couple of millions or close to 10 millions. After he approached them, it's been a couple of months, more than six months, seven months until FEMA handled it. But by that time, they already stole more than 20 million from innocent uh, uh, victims. So when you ask me about the regulators, you will excuse me if I tell you that I am very disappointed by the regulators. And that will finish off my answer. <laughs> okay. Now, Moving on to the second uh, uh, part of your question. <laughs> so two and a half years ago, I got a phone call from a friend of mine that introduced me to blockchain and crypto. And after 25 minutes of that phone call, I uh, um, decided that that is the future for me and for men and, and for everyone else in the world. And I, 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 I realized I didn't understand it completely yet because it's been only 25 minutes of a phone call, but I realized that I should dedicate my life to it. And that's what I did. Since then, for more than two and a half years, I've dedicated my life to blockchain and cryptocurrency. I don't want to talk about anything else. I don't want to do anything else besides blockchain and cryptocurrency. And if someone talks to me about something else, it takes only about 15 to 20 seconds before I move the conversation to blockchain and cryptocurrency. And believe me, I can talk about almost anything in the world with regards to blockchain and cryptocurrency. Because Good. blockchain technology <clears throat> is so amazing and it can be implemented in almost every industry out there. I agree with and you. And we'll follow up this point with a specific question that I have for you then, which I didn't expect and, to speak with you, but it's interesting. And specifically about cryptocurrency, I think it's the first time in human history that people can really have complete economic freedom. And with regards to blockchain, what I mentioned is that it can be implemented in so many different industries. That's why I think it's going to be so influential. And the combination of these two things is so amazing, in my opinion, and that's why I decided to focus my life on it. You know, it's very interesting that you mention economic freedom because we've had uh, John Matonis. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Um, and he actually said the same exact, um, you know, he, he said the same exact thing that you are saying, that crypto will allow 
people for to be economically free for the first time if implemented in the right way because of course you can have also centralized blockchain or distributed ledger uh, you know technology and so basically all of the economic freedom would just fade away but it's very fascinating to see that um i think people from different background with uh, perhaps to an extent different um ideologies or principles i wouldn't say principle i don't want to depict you as two separate individuals because you're not uh, but people coming from different walks in life and different perspective all agree on the fact that cryptocurrency could provide people with you know economic freedom and i think that's that's really interesting to see because there is almost absolutely. no dispute on that absolutely and i always say when i uh, um, when i go to uh, uh, events and speak i always explain blockchain accepts everyone there's no difference between people it doesn't matter who you are where you come from what's your economic status what's your uh, color race gender none of this matters to blockchain or cryptocurrency and that's why i love it so much you don't i mean anyone in the world everyone and anyone can buy cryptocurrency at any given time unless it's restricted by the government um, and, 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 and nobody will tell you no and nobody will tell you you are not good enough to buy Bitcoin. But you need example. to have money for it. The counter, -argument to that, the counter argument to that is that you need to have money for it. I actually have a question for you about this. About no, why that's not, that's not correct. Because I'm of sorry. mining, you don't, because you don't of have mining, you have money for it because you can earn it in other ways without money. How so? First of all, let's talk about the sure. fact that a couple of years ago, um, you could have mined Bitcoin yes. and made good profit. So everybody talks about the fact that Bitcoin is not good for mining anymore, and I'm not going to go into that. But what about uh, all the other new coins that you have? Yeah, and you for can sure. mine very, very easily and you can actually profit. The second example I will give you is that there are companies out there already offering. Whenever you learn about a specific cryptocurrency, you will actually get that cryptocurrency for free. And I'm not talking about one, two dollars. I'm talking about fifty dollars. Yeah. worth of that cryptocurrency, $100 worth of that cryptocurrency. Uh, so for some people in the world, it's not good enough. But for so many people in the world, yeah, this can be a monthly income. Yeah. Beside that, you have many companies out there that are doing uh, bounty campaigns and airdropping and so on and so on. And some people can actually participate and uh, profit cryptocurrencies. And because crypto is so global because everything is online it's very easy and you can actually uh, uh, get it and the last example that i will give you is that because blockchain and cryptocurrency is so new and i don't care the blockchain is here for more than 10 years i don't care that cryptocurrency is here uh, um, if you uh, um, uh, let's put bitcoin aside and talk about the altcoins uh, uh, it's been here for a couple of years only you have to realize one important thing. Knowledge is power. And that's what I explain to our students and to the students that I teach at uh, other universities. If you, get, if you go into this amazing industry now, you will be able to become an expert. Um, we have a lot of experts in the industry that are not really experts, but let's put that aside. You can become a real expert 
and you can make a lot of money from it. So these are just examples. By the way, I can go on and give you more examples, but I think that uh, you get my point. Yeah, no, no, I do. <laughs> and actually, I wanted to ask you now the second point that I, you know, mentioned to you. I'm very, very passionate about interactive entertainment and esports. Now, I'm very interested um, to hear whether you came across it before or whether you have any idea, you know, as to how uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency could be integrated to interactive entertainment, so esports, video games, but also immersive technologies, which I think is very interesting. Augmented reality, virtual reality, all of these forms of of interactive entertainment. So absolutely. <clears throat> so so to give you an answer, first of all, full disclosure, mm-hmm. I'm an ex gamer. So let's start with that. Why not current? <laughs> what happened? That's really bad. Well, every <laughs> time I that. download, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It's 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 a problem. <laughs> First of all, I'm really too old. Seriously, I I, I have a, a, a I'm very young at mind, but 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 I'm I'm old. And and just to give you an example, I installed a new game like three four months ago. Which one? Uh, it was um, Total Warhammer number yeah. three. Yeah. Now I played Total Warhammer Warhammer number two, and I really enjoyed it, and I really liked it. But when I bought Warhammer number three and I installed it, after 40 minutes of trying to figure out the different buttons and the different, and you know, I was already used to, to number two and just to start everything from scratch. I mean, I'm too old for that. That's the first thing. The second thing is I used to be a very, very heavy gamer playing World of Warcraft. Thank you. I knew time, I was about to say, I promise. I used to play so much of that. Ruined my and life. Every time, <laughs> every time there's a new expansion, I download the new expansion, I play it for like 15 minutes, and then I realize that as much as it really looks amazing and I really love it, it's exactly the same as, as I and played it. You don't have it. time. And you don't have time. You love, I think, with World of Warcraft, you love the memory more than you love playing now. Also, because now everything is all connected. But I guess that you played Vanilla and uh, Burning Crusades. And like course, those and were I amazing because. And I played the raids with the 20 people. It was amazing. 50 people. It was incredible. All of the, like each server was a community. That's, in my opinion, what made it incredible. the way that it was. And what you just said right now, Mm -hmm. for someone from the outside, they can never understand it. People that saw me play, what you just said, every server is like a community of of its own. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. That was the magic. By the way, that's a part of the reason that I got so connected to the crypto communities because it's all communities. The community is incredible in the crypto world. Yeah. And, and, And the thing is that I used to play like uh, uh, I used to, I, I used to. Have... What were you playing? What oh. were you playing? What was the character? No, no, <laughs> I need wait, to wait, know. Wait. I'm about, uh, oh, the characters. So I was a mage. I was a warrior, a, a tank warrior. Uh, my my nature During is very, uh, is being very, uh, and also I I was a, a rogue as well for PvP. I was always playing rogue. Um, I was. I'm, I'm a very competitive person. Horde reliance. I'm, I'm, I'm an addictive person. Um, that's why I'm a workaholic. I am a, a very, very competitive. And I can sit in front of the computer <laughs> for the whole day. Seriously. I can sit and not disconnect from the computer for the whole day. So you can understand that it's like a, a, a serious combination 
for uh, gaming. Uh, I used to play for a whole weekend, from the beginning of the weekend until the end of the weekend, and I didn't do anything else, and I only played uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the game. Uh, I, I did. I did have deliveries. Deliveries. Listen to this. I had the delivery guys come in with the food inside the house <laughs> to the room where I was playing, putting it on the desk, on another desk, not mine. And they knew that they couldn't even talk to me because I was in the middle of an online game. And you know how it is. You cannot just tell the guys, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to open the door for the pizza guy. Uh, you, 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 you lost. You, you, you finished the battle. Ah, my so, records. Yeah, it was like the South Park episode. I think the actor was exactly his name. exactly like the South Park <laughs> episode. And listen, I just told my son, I have a seven-year-old son, which definitely is going to become a professional gamer. He already finished like dozens of games on the Xbox uh, with my help at the beginning, but afterwards he did it by himself. And he's only seven years old. And I told him and I showed him the South Park episode, <laughs> the South Park episode. And he said, Dad, you're not going to do this to me because in the episode, there's the dad that he's starting to play with them. I know, yeah, yeah, I remember. And he gets the story well. that I yeah. But you know what's funny? I think most of the gamers um, from our age, which of course are, have, you know, missed the train a little bit, um, which were ahead of the curve because at the time you had to hide the fact that you played video game. Nowadays, it's the most popular thing to do at school. Um, you know, and like what's yeah, funny, but I think... 20 years ago, you had to hide it. Exactly. You had by to the hide. Way, I didn't miss the boat because I started the gaming when I was six years old. No, no, I'm not saying the boat in that way. You miss the boat of the trend because it's trending now. Okay. Like, of, of course, in Asia, oh, South Korea. Now, when you are a gamer, you can be a gold. superstar. You can be you a are, celebrity. In, in, in South Korea, ago, have, yeah. you, would, you would be a, a, a geek yeah. and nobody would even talk to you. Yeah, yeah. In South Korea, it wasn't like that. But that's because they, they developed the industry much quicker than, than anyone else. But um, it, it was funny because I think a lot of gamers from Europe, especially, which, you know, miss this, the trend train. I think that we land up like, you know, child abusing their children into becoming pro gamers just because they didn't have, you know they didn't have the opportunities like when i was a kid uh, you'd see the parents of my friends it's exactly like uh, you see uh, fathers Ex- in football their sons go play soccer yes. because they missed uh, the dream so yeah. it's exactly with the same with me i'm going to make my son <laughs> a gamer obviously i'm not going to force anything on him and and he is uh, already a, a born he's free to choose any title player. he wants <laughs> yes but as long as he uh, collaborates then i'm <laughs> definitely going to try and fulfill the dream through him <laughs> but so going back so, i love way, you, asked about, you asked me about blockchain and cryptocurrency yes. uh, in esports and interactive entertainment yes yes know. yes <clears throat> i think that so 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 first of all i have to tell you that i think that and everybody uh, talks about it because of coronavirus these days. Yeah. But let's let's ignore for a second coronavirus. It's obvious to everyone that the world is going to be digital with regards to everything. And cryptocurrencies and blockchain is digitizing many of the things that were not digitized before. That's why it's called digital assets. That's that's why uh, uh, everybody talks about the fact that even if uh, 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 the government and the bank, some of them are not pro-cryptocurrency, they do have to uh, uh, invest in it and to understand it and to see if they want to uh, bring a, a come up with their own cryptocurrencies, for example. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, so I think every, everything is going to be digitized. And as a part of that, our world is going to be VR, AR. And obviously, everything is going to be connected online. Everything, a- including every device out there. And, I'm v- and, and I did research a lot about uh, uh, IoT and wearable technology before I got into blockchain and cryptocurrency. And it's obvious uh, that it's happening. Yeah. Um, now, to answer your question specifically, that's the future for sure. I mean, if I combine what I just said now and I combine what I said about cryptocurrencies and so on, then obviously that's your answer. And it's very easy for me to answer it because you and I used to play cards, physical cards, when we were kids. Nobody is going to play physical cards when uh, uh, my uh, kids are become are going to be teenagers in 10 years they're going to play physical cards come on they everything is going to be online everything is going to be in their uh, crypto wallet yeah. uh, and and it doesn't matter right now if it's a cryptocurrency or not it's going to be uh, using cryptographic uh, 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 in order to uh, um, store value uh, yeah in order to store the value and in order to secure it so for me, it's an easy thing. And we already see that the industry is starting to evolve now yeah. with NFTs, with non-fungible tokens, which is a part of the amazing revolution that we're going to see with esports. Here we go. I love that you touched upon that because <clears throat> I'm, you know, I'm trying to, as you are, I think that blockchain and um, you know, the concept of crypto what makes it very interesting so full disclosure i um you know i studied i specialized in terms of studying and you know i'm trying to do that also professionally in intellectual property law and one recurrent problem that you know the digital world has uh, with ip and actually with respect to ownership is digital uh, virtual ownership right because it just it doesn't exist at present save for cryptocurrencies and that's why i think bitcoin was so incredible because it is the first time thanks to through the use of blockchain technology you know solving the byzantine general problems and all of these other issues that really it was able to implement the real form of virtual ownership in my view in my opinion and that means that virtual items now such as for example a fraction of a bitcoin have an identity because why they have a story they have a narrative so that means that taking word of work as an example Publishers don't necessarily need to limit the ability of player to own their virtual items because they can still license them, but they, they can still own the intellectual property behind it, but then license it to you and allow the player to trade them for real cash. Why not? If I put in time and effort into something and I'm of an age yes. and I'm of an age where I can earn you know from my from, from the fruit of my efforts, then why shouldn't I be able to sell you that? legendary sword for x amount of price why can't i have a market and at the moment of course a lot of money laundry and anti uh, anti-terrorist funding comes into play but if everything is on the blockchain and everything is supervised then why, why not especially now that you have something like the blockchain and cryptocurrency which allow for virtual ownership and i think that really excites me especially when you look at augmented reality you know i don't think we're gonna be using screens for much longer why should I use a screen when I can use when I can just see mid-air a screen and I can share it with everyone? So when I, when mixed reality becomes a reality, then I, and become integrated, I think that's going to be incredible because then we will be able to really trade virtual content in a seamless way through the use of blockchain. 
which I think makes it very interesting for interactive entertainment, for moving value, especially when it comes to tokens that are not necessarily presenting a currency, but just an item. I think I think I that's. I completely uh, agree with everything that you said, um, and um, and 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 you're absolutely right because um, we should be rewarded for our time. Let's just take the the time that I invested in my character and all the raids that I did. I probably invested more than one thousand hours, if not much more than that. Yeah. Why Why shouldn't I be able to sell my character if I don't play anymore? Um, and uh, another thing is that. Um, I think we will see different mechanisms with regards to intellectual property, uh, which is a, a very, very uh, interesting topic for me. Uh, I also um, did my final, uh, uh, my final uh, uh, paper mm-hmm. uh, at my, uh, when I did my law degree. It was intellectual property. Um, and, and, and back then it was very, very undeveloped. Think about it. It was a, a, a more than 15 years ago. So it and, and you're absolutely right. By the way, intellectual property is a huge problem because everything that was um, uh, regulated and all the laws that were created and the judgments that were created were created one after the other, um, and and most of them uh, were not good enough because there weren't options. And yeah. like you say, mm-hmm. with blockchain technology, and that's what most people don't understand. With blockchain technology, with tokenization, with everything that we have with blockchain and cryptocurrency, it's actually the first time that we can really have intellectual property and defend it. That's the biggest thing with blockchain and cryptocurrency. Yes. You will not even need to defend it because nobody will even be able to steal it from you. Def- exactly. In the first <clears throat> defend it. I think what I, what I love about it normally when I write or try to explain why intellectual property law is important you know some startup might not appreciate the importance of it because it does it's intangible you can't feel it you know it's not something that you can hold so it's all protected by way of contract although it is you know although the power the although it is protected also by way of statute still the way you enforce your rights and the way you exercise your rights is through the court or through contract. And, you know, the moment you can safeguard intellectual property in the same way you safeguard real property by fencing it, by holding it in your hand and keeping it in your pocket, you know, that will be very interesting because then virtual property will feel, in my opinion, very much real. And I think that's just going to lead to a massive cultural shift. I think no one will have problem investing funds in virtual content because I have no problem with that. You have no problem with that. Also because we're gamers, we were paying twelve dollars a month to pay, you know, virtual co- for virtual content. But not not every demographic is as accustomed to this process. Some people say, "Well, I should pay money for something that doesn't really exist," you know. But then if you give them, absolutely. The, so I think and that's I think interesting. That, yes, and I think that Bitcoin actually created and will continue to create the huge change in the world. That will make people realize, and by the way, I am sure, 1,000%, I don't know when, I don't know if it will take 5 years, 10 years, 50 years, or 500 years, but I am sure, and uh, I'm willing to to bet on that if we were talking about gaming and, and, and gambling, I'm willing to bet on that. Digital property, intellectual uh, properties and rights will be much more significant than physical ones. You can trade and, them and, easily. And, 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 and everyone that keeps still keeps saying that 
Bitcoin is not as good as gold, for example. They just don't understand what they're talking about because it's actually pathetic to say such a thing because definitely Bitcoin is much better than gold, period. It doesn't matter how you turn it around. And by the way, Bitcoin is just the first one. Yeah. I am not one mm. of these Bitcoin maximalists and Bitcoin fanatics. I don't care if Bitcoin will be uh, uh, the most uh, well-known used currency out there. If it's going to be uh, Ethereum, or if it's going to be 100 different yeah. uh, cryptocurrencies that will be used across the globe. I, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I as think, long as it's going to be cryptocurrency. You know, I think that it's funny because I am... I, so, first of all, with respect to you know Bitcoin and gold, I think the difference is that gold has real applications for teeth, for, you know, it can be used also in real. Whereas I think Bitcoin, the bet lies in uh, mass adoption. If it becomes mass adopted cryptocurrencies and you know the, the likelihood is that eventually some form of cryptocurrency will be mass adopted um but bitcoin i think it's interesting because you know even as at the collector levels i think it will always retain value even for collectors think about it because it's limited and all of that maybe a hundred years from now no one will use bitcoin for trading but nonetheless i think it will have a collector value because it was the first you know, it started the whole process. And I think it's in memorabilia. You know, it's very interesting to me. I completely agree with that. And and, and I have to tell you that I disagree with what you said about the, the, gold. the, the gold and yeah. the teeth. And I'll explain to you why. First of all, I'm not a dentist and I'm not an expert. <laughs> but I don't think that they're using gold anymore. I think that <laughs> no, they're no, using that was a bad example. <laughs> we, we have much better materials for the teeth yes. these days. Um, beside that, with regards to jewelry... You can argue that, but with all due uh, respect, I don't remember anyone eating jewelry at any yeah, given no, I agree, time. I agree. And, 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 and the last thing that I will say uh, in favor of Bitcoin is that I will always prefer Bitcoin because I can use it anytime, anywhere, with no limits, with no restrictions. You can't say that about gold or most of the other assets out there. And because it's limited and because it's such a genius, amazing algorithm, nobody can argue against it because I'm sure that nobody will argue against uh, Google Maps or Waze or uh, Viber or Zoom. Uh, like we are connected right now. How can someone argue about something that is so valuable, yeah. even though it doesn't have any physical presence? No, so, no, I agree. The physical presence in itself, I'm just saying... I'm just, I was just playing, as you said, devil's advocate in like saying, I okay, know. one is real. Um, it, it's really interesting. And going back, you know, to the one of the... I first... know, and by the way, in 50 years from now or 100 years from now, people will laugh when they hear us talk, you and I, yeah. saying it is physical, it's not physical. It's the same thing like you, uh, like when you see, <laughs> you, you saw the video of the teenagers in the United States trying to activate... A, a, an old phone. The phone, yeah, 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 yeah. It was hilarious, yeah. So think about it. For them, look, they can't even grasp the fact that they need to actually use their fingers. It's think about it. In 50 years, <laughs> when you tell someone a physical asset, they will look at you and and will laugh at your yeah. face. What the hell are you talking about? And you know, everything I... <laughs> is virtual. 
everything will be yeah I agree. I agree i agree and you know i'm very again i'm very excited about the technology i have to say that i'm the most excited about first of all i think technology become valuable when it converges together right so i think one piece of technology empowers the other ai iot um, you know they each empower each other but i think i'm especially <clears throat> excited to see what's going to happen where mixed reality is coupled then as we said with bitcoin and all of uh, sorry with the with blockchain and uh, cryptocurrencies and iot and all of this because think about it potentially if you know if you have something like google glasses but a good iteration of it you know and uh, a functional one you wouldn't even need clothes on because you're going to just be able to have you know a filter like uh, right now it's on whatsapp sorry on yeah on also whatsapp but right now it's inconvenient because I need to point the phone at you. No one is going to walk. I mean, everyone walks with the phone like this, but no one is going to point the camera at you, right? But the moment where, when I see, when I see you, you automatically, based on your specifics, you know, share a term, a, a, some look. For example, let's say I'm a lawyer, right? And I walk into a law firm. But then as I'm walking through the street, other people don't necessarily suit. If there is another person that cheers for, let's say, the same football team that I cheer for, then they would see me with an outfit of the football team or with some, you know, I think it will change communication beyond what people are expecting right now. Because what people, what everyone tends to do, myself included, is to reason by way of analogy, right? You're like, oh, okay, now I'm doing this with the computer. So one day I'm going to do the same thing with argumented reality. But I don't think that's the case. I think it will, it will change communication beyond what we expect right now such as the computer changed communication beyond letters you know it became something completely new internet of things and computer so it is really exciting but i wanted to ask you about this specific question because i think it's very very interesting because i have absolutely no clue how you can do that which is going back to education and as to what are you educating people on and who are you educating and how do you reach these people okay so um you asked me uh, before about uh, our academy and who we are targeting. So we are um, mostly targeting people that don't have any clue about blockchain or cryptocurrency. That's our main target. But obviously, we will never say no to someone that already knows something uh, or did uh, learn it before and uh, they don't feel that they uh, really understand it or understand it enough. Um, so we are offering our 101 uh, class completely for free, and we are hoping to be able to continue to offer it for free uh, because it's uh, sponsored by sponsors. And, um, and we would like to have it open for people as much as possible. We also have the premium sessions that are uh, for more advanced people. For example, crypto trading. Um, I always explain our students they will uh, that I don't advise them to start learning about crypto trading before they finish the 101 class, before they actually engage with a blockchain and cryptocurrency, before they actually gain some personal experience. And I'm talking about uh, uh, starting a crypto exchange uh, account, uh, opening different uh, uh, account, uh, different uh, types of wallets, a, a hot wallet, cold wallet, start transferring the cryptocurrency between them, uh, uh, buy uh, five uh, pounds worth of this and transfer it to there and then transfer it to this and so on and so on. And then after you practice it for a while, then if you want to become a trader, then you should start learning crypto trading. For other people that are not interested in cryptocurrencies, more interested in blockchain, for example, we have other types of classes. So we offer them as well. Now, how do I 
reach our audience. You mentioned yourself, I'm very active online. Me and other team members from Cointelligence are very active online. Um, we did, um, because my background is marketing, I implemented many of the marketing strategies that I implemented for uh, clients of mine over the years or for other businesses that I uh, started and built uh, before blockchain and cryptocurrency. Um, and the most important part, I built a community. We, we mentioned communities. That's the most important part. You know, actually, for the first year of Cointelligence, I didn't even care about making money. I didn't even care about creating revenues. And people went ballistic when they started having conversations <clears throat> with me because I went on stages. Everybody is used to people getting on stages, uh, uh, speaking about something, and then at the end, shilling something like their own project, uh, some kind of a business agenda, their product, their service, whatever. When I finished my speech, I didn't sell anything. <laughs> I didn't pitch anything. I just told them, guys, this is the most amazing uh, revolution that mankind ever had. The only request that I have for you is get yourself educated about blockchain and cryptocurrency. And I remind you, we didn't have the online academy back then, so I couldn't even direct them to our academy. Yeah. Now I am. Um, so, so that, 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 that was, went on, it went on for a while and, and, and I didn't care because I truly believe that it's the future for all of us. I truly believe that it's going to make things better for so many people out there. It's going to bank the unbanked. It's going to help poverty. It's going to allow people in developing countries to actually have uh, to ha actually hold funds where they, they, they couldn't even do it. Some people don't even understand that in some countries in Africa, you can't even pay yeah. your electricity bill. Even if you have electricity in your, I don't know if you should call it a house or, or whatever you, 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 you call it, you can't even pay for it because you need to travel half a day to another location just to pay your electricity bill. People don't understand that for them, when things are so easy for others, it doesn't happen. So I think that blockchain and cryptocurrency can really help these uh, uh, things. I think that with regards to environment, with regards to medical research, with regards to supply chains, there's so many things that are going to happen and already happening uh, based on blockchain. Uh, th that's why uh, I'm so excited about it. And that's why I uh, dedicate my life to it. And I talk about it every hour of the day, anywhere. Mm. If somebody asks me a question when I am on the plane, I don't travel on planes right now, but if somebody asks me, what do I do in life? He or she just invited a lecture about blockchain and <laughs> cryptocurrency, and you can hear my voice and you can imagine that the entire airplane is hearing me. What is your it's partner not just a person or your wife next to me. What is <laughs> She must be desperate. <laughs> Let me tell you what my seven-year-old son told me two days ago. The best birthday ever. <laughs> <laughs> Has it already happened or not yet? No, no, no. It's happening next week. Ah, oh, ah, next week. Ah, so it happened now. I see, I see. And I'm actually, and I'm actually going to record it. <laughs>
Bless. <laughs> so to, so that you can send it to his friend, <laughs> his schoolmate. No, so I can share it online and show everyone that I'm teaching my kids. What about you? Are you teaching your kids? She's seven months. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, on. I, I I will give you one two more years. It's fine. You you have you have between one to two years before you start educating yours. At three years old, that's when you started drilling down uh, great, blockchain. Great age, and especially when you bring the big uh, crypto coins that they print. Oh, those like are amazing! Crypto, so they love no, it. No, they're incredible. I can tell you that they love there is a, what's the name of uh, that group of guys? Mm, happy Far- no, happy animal. I don't remember. But yeah, they have a coin with like some fancy animals like unicorns and lions and it's amazing. Um by the way, that's creating an addiction as well as gambling and <laughs> full full disclosure. <laughs> but uh, on uh, I wanted to ask you the last question if you have another 5 minutes because it's been a, a very long gap, ep- very long, a very interesting episode. Um I got to speak about video game with someone that plays them and used to play the same one that I do, so it was incredible. But um I wanted to ask you, what's next then for you? What's next for Cointelligence? What's the next step? So absolutely, um, we are going to continue with our efforts uh, with regards to Cointelligence uh, Research and Academy. Uh, Clearly, our focus is the Academy. Um, uh, Our goal is mass adoption. Mm -hmm. And um, we're not going to stop. Until we have mass adoption, we're going to uh, educate as many people as we can. We are uh, planning to um, um, focus uh, our efforts uh, specifically uh, on the U.S. markets uh, in 2020 and 2021. Um, uh, Obviously, if coronavirus will allow us, uh, everything we do is online. But still, we do need the offline presence. We do need uh, engagement, uh, engaging with people uh, physically. Uh, so I hope that will uh, um, be uh, we, that we will be able to do that. And um, and I'm very very keen to uh, support and help any organization out there that is acting uh, on behalf of the industry, on behalf of the different communities. Uh, every uh, organization that is uh, lobbying uh, the governments uh, uh, in every uh, Western c- country out there, not just the U.S., by the way, um, I'm happy to help uh, out of my own personal time and including my uh, uh, team's time uh, in order to help and support it. And uh, I really hope that as many people will uh, uh, see the crypto light as we've seen it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for all of your time. And uh, thanks so much for coming on Blockchain Rock. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. It was a great episode. I really enjoyed this. And uh, we hope to see you soon. Uh, is there anything else you would like to add? Is there? I'm going to leave the link anyway to, to the uh, Cointelligence Academy and Cointelligence in uh, the description of the video. But is there anything else? Thank you, would you very like much. To... Yes, I would like to add one, one last sentence. And that is never invest in anything that you cannot afford to completely lose and do not invest in anything that you cannot understand. Um, let's finish off uh, by saying that. And, uh, and, and obviously, uh, we, we hope that as many people will join our industry.
Thanks so much, John. It was great. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you very hope much. To see me. you soon. Bye bye. Bye, everyone.